Welcome to the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. You are about to listen to the Hacking Your Potential Podcast with Frankie Thomas. Join Frankie and uncover the secrets of those who achieved greatness. Let their wisdom and experience inspire you to transcend mediocrity and strive for excellence. Take the first step towards an extraordinary life and start your journey today. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this raw episode of Hacking Your Potential. Before we get into this episode, I must make it clear that there is going to be some mild swearing. So if you're someone who may find this offensive, you have been warned. Our guest today has over 15 years of experience in IT, with expertise in team management and network server management, information security, penetration testing, and auditing. He is also knowledgeable across a variety of security products, including, but not limited to, firewalls, network and host-based intrusion detection, security information event monitoring, email and web security gateways, and data loss prevention. What I find really impressive is the credentials that he holds. The collection is too vast to go through them all, but for a brief overview, he has numerous certifications with Microsoft, CompTIA, Cisco, EC Council, among many others. He also creates content for his YouTube channel, where he teaches about cybersecurity, IT, and network technologies which has accumulated over 1 million views. He is also the Director of Offensive Security at Cloud Computing Concepts, a job title I think most of us dream about. So without any further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce the one and only Patrick Gordon, aka InfoSec Pat. Hello Pat, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm very well Pat and thank you for asking. Your extensive experience and credentials are truly impressive. This show is designed to help newcomers and students in the field find their way. I would love to ask you some questions as I believe your experience and insights will be valuable to everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Go shoot away. Thank you very much, Pat. So I guess first of all, I would ask you, how did you get into IT and cybersecurity? Where did it all start for you? Yeah, good question. So IT in general, um, a friend of my, a friend of the family at one point was telling me, you know, I should get out of the electrical because I was electrician prior to being in IT. Um, and I just didn't like, like all the physical labor, right? So I, I skateboarded mostly all my life and I used to film and I used to do the edits and I used to make little videos. And then a family friend said, why don't you learn how to like fix computers and work in IT? And I always thought that was for smart kids. You know what I mean? I, I didn't think I was, to be honest, smart enough. Right. So he told me about like the A plus certification, network plus certifications and all these little certifications that you can get to learn about, you know, computer repair, IT, et cetera. So after, after that, like uh, he got me a job doing like field field work and bench work, meaning, you know, a computer comes in sort of like the geek squad or like some like 
A plus computer repair guy. Um, change out RAM, install hard drives, install operating systems, etc. And then I would go in the field, install them at the client sites, and do all the networking and all that stuff. So that's how I got into the IT, and then obviously it just evolved from there. Learn networking, learn systems, learn cloud. And then about 10 years ago now, I lose track. I always say 10 years ago, but it's probably a little longer now. But um, I was selling sneakers on eBay, and I had a few bucks in my PayPal account, like of $900 or something, and it got hacked. I guess I uh, clicked on a Nigerian prince phishing link or whatever, and I got my, my money stolen, whatever. I put in my credentials and someone took my credentials. I don't know exactly what happened, but that's what I think happened, knowing what I know today. So when I was an undergrad, I was studying information um, management or whatever the, the course was called. But um, right away, I was like, I want to learn how to do that, meaning hack. I didn't know that was a legal thing. I just knew I wanted to learn how that really worked. I understood how package traverse. I understood how websites work. I understood how like network communication works, the OSI model, right? TCP IP model, whatever. But I didn't know how to actually harvest those credentials. I didn't know how that actually transpired. So with that, I went to, like I said, I went to my counselor and I said, I want to know if there's something I can do and learn more about information security, cybersecurity, et cetera. And that's how my journey began in cyber. So I transferred my major to information system security and assurance. And yeah, that's how it all started. And I would go, this, this is before like try hack me, hack the box, all the free resources today, right? So I had to use like, sort of like gray box type things, right? Meaning now you can learn, you know, $10 a month, you can just, or you know, nine pounds or whatever, wherever you are in the world, and you can just get on these platforms and just learn how to do cyber. I didn't have that luxury, you know, when I first started. So I would have to set up my own servers, hack my own stuff, hack my own Wi-Fi, learn learn that way and just learn how to do some of the cyber stuff. Um, and that's how I started and that was my journey and it evolved from there. Well, I think, um, I think the way you learn is probably the best way, Pat, you know, actually getting in and building the servers and actually building the labs yourself. So it's probably give you a bit of a head start. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear about um, the Nigerian prince taking your uh, sneaker money, man. That's terrible. But um, you'll be <laughs> you'll be surprised um, how many people actually get into it because of that. But in my old job, my friend he was scammed ten thousand pounds, and I was like, I was like, I'd love to sort of you know understand how these guys tick. Like, how do they do what they do? How do they get this money off people? Not that I mm -hmm. wanted to do it, but I always I always interested me that sort of stuff. And then a friend said he was like, you know, you can actually hack and get paid for it by companies. And it's all legal and it's good. You're doing a good thing. I was like, no way. And he said, mm -hmm. he said, go and try hack me, take have a go. And then I never looked back after that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's sort of what happened to me. Like I always thought hacking was like for the bad guys. And that's why we put antivirus back then, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, put a firewall in place, put, you know, email filters so we can email the spam and, you know, we can report spam. Like I always thought like on the other side was only bad people, right? 
Um, and the, the good guys are only in the blue team, for example. But um, yeah, it's and that's exactly what I did. And then that's how I got into the offensive side. And I think it's, you know, for the newcomers that are listening, um, I know it sounds sexy. It sounds fancy hacking and all that stuff. But I think understanding this is just come from my perspective, right? Um, understanding the blue side or understanding the infrastructure or the networking side of the house prior to trying to hack the network or active directory or websites or networks or whatever, understanding the, the, the fundamentals of how networks and systems work. I think you'll be a better hacker or better offensive security guy if that's what you want to get into. And if you want to get into the blue team side, the defensive side, obviously that'll have that leverage as well. Cause if I give you a PCAP file, you know, and you open up Wireshark and you're looking at all this traffic and you don't understand the OSI model, you're going to get lost, right? It's just like, what is all this? This looks like gibberish, you know, because when you're looking at the, you know, the traffic from the wire and this is, you know, people just always try to jump ship or jump some levels or whatever, some steps or leap some stairs to try to get from zero to try to get like an elite hacker when you haven't even learned some of the fundamentals. So I like to put that out there. I think it's super critical. And you know what, Pat? I am. I totally agree with you. I, I fell for the, this is sexy trap. And um, it only took me a couple of months to realize, hang on, I need to know networking, uh, networks especially, because I, I struggle with it when I start seeing, you know, this is connected to that. And even now I have to, I have a few network guys who, like I'm good at the other type of networking, so I'll go with my network guys and I'll send them a question. I'm like, I don't understand this. I think it was mm-hmm. subnets. Uh, a subnets I was struggling with at first. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, struggle with subnetting, IP addressing. You know, after it gets out of like two five five two five five two five five zero, which is a slash twenty four bit in the cider, people are like if I say okay, a slash twenty eight. No, oh, you do fuck you. You mess me up, right? <laughs> a lot of if it's not a slash twenty four, which is normal for household, which is two hundred fifty four hosts. If you have more than that in your house, you have something wrong with you, I think. But um, so yeah, so like that's super critical because when you're trying to do web app stuff or you're trying to do something on the internet and look at Iron and look at BGP stuff and look at stuff, and it's like okay, it's a slash thirty. Okay, like it's slash 29 and you don't understand how that and you can just use a subnet calculator, which is super easy, but like understanding at least how to uh, translate that side of two, you know, decimals and, and, and even in binary. Right. Because that's but that's more in the networking stuff. Like when you're trying to subnet, you, you know, you have to borrow bits in classless subnetting and blah, blah, blah. But I think that's super critical. Oh, yeah. It's still super important, even if it's even if. You're not just setting up networks. If you're, you know, if you're trying to get into a network, then you need to know how many machines you could be dealing with. And that's for me. That's what when I look at subnet, I think like if I see a small number, uh, just have I got this right? Because I still get confused. If I see a small number that I'm dealing with a lot of machines, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're dealing with a high number where the slash is, then it could be like twenty machines or something. Maximum. Yeah, like a yeah, like a slash twenty eight, slash twenty seven. I think I'm on a slash twenty four, and I think we have 
I think we can have like 100 devices on that. Is that right? Or No, 254. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. So it's, yeah, it's 256, but you have to give one to the gateway, one to the broadcast. So that oh. leaves you with 254 hosts. Well, I'll definitely yeah. still be learning this. But um, I do want to say, well, repeat what you said. Um, don't think you can just get into this by knowing how to complete things on Hack the Box. And I've completed Try Hack Me and I still know nothing. So that sort of just goes to show. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, like, it's definitely important that there is some, you know, seeds, excuse me, there is some seeds out there that skip that whole, you know, like someone from a, a company that you know, right? Someone came from an area that was had nothing to do with IT, never worked in IT before, and now the guy is a hacker, right? So there is some people out there that probably, you know, skipped a couple levels, per se, or whatever, but don't think that's everyone. Maybe he's a genius. God only knows. You know, maybe he grasped his stuff really, really quick and and whatnot. But there's don't skip the basics. That's all I gotta say. Well, of course, you can't really um you can't judge everyone because you don't know what their background is. Like for instance, for me, I did do Cisco network and then I learned about hardware at college. I took a course. I never finished it, so I don't have any proof of it, but I did I did do it still. And I also spent ten years um building like music studios, like electronic music studios, so setting up synthesizers with my operating systems and DAWs and then using the software inside it. So when I actually jumped mm-hmm. into cybersecurity, you know, going into Linux and running terminals and stuff, it was it almost seemed like second nature to me. And I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out why until I actually thought, no, hang on, I have done all this stuff before in different areas of my life. Mm-hmm. So I think I and I, I think for me, I, I jumped in and now I think, right, what do I need to do? So I know networking's important, so I'll get on to do the network plus with the CompTA. I know I don't. Mm-hmm. I know I don't need to do the A plus. Maybe I should. I took a practice A plus and got like eighty percent or something, which was just enough to pass. But I don't really. Um, I, I don't like to do something if I feel like I already know it. I always like to do it to try and prove to myself. No, makes sense. Makes sense. Like the A plus. You know, if you're like green off the field, right? Like if you're like coming from a totally different ball game. And then you're coming into IT. I always say, okay, because the A plus changed from, I took the A plus 18 years ago, right? So it definitely changed now. Like now they incorporate Linux. Now they probably incorporate some security, some networking, some other stuff. Before it was strictly hardware, you know, two exams you're going to do, like you learn about the North bridge, South bridge, understand the motherboards, understanding the CPUs, the form factors. And I'm still I'm still surprised I, I remember a little bit of that. But, you know, it, it teaches you a lot about the actual computer. I don't know if that's the way it is still. Um, like I said, I haven't taken the A plus in almost 20 years, but um, it's literally, literally 18 years ago. I will give so, you I'll, I'll give you an example question that I had in a most recent one. Uh, a client comes in with his phone and he can't connect to the Internet and he can't make phone calls, but he can still access his offline apps. Is his phone on flight mode, or is his Wi-Fi hotspot disabled, or is it something else? And I was like, come on, man, you know, his phone's on flight mode. (laughs) Yeah. 
Exactly. So it's, and those kind of questions I didn't have because there was no flight mode. There was no airplane mode 18 years ago. If there was, there were, <laughs> I didn't have it on my flip phone or my Nokia, whatever the hell I had. I think I had a Razor. But you know what I mean? So, yeah, so definitely, definitely times have changed, right? And I guess that's critical because if you're a help desk guy, if you're an IT guy in-house and your CEO went to, on a trip and forgot to flick his thing back on, you know, he put it in flight mode or airplane mode because the, you know, air, air attendant or flight attendant said, hey, put that thing on flight mode. And then like when they got back to the office and this is his work phone, right? Pretend it's his work phone. And then he went back to the office and, you know, it's still not working. Yeah, that's that makes sense. So. And, you know, I, I think I think all of this stuff is critical. All, all, all of that stuff is is good to know um, just for your own sake. You know, like maybe it's maybe you don't have to go take the A plus certification, but having that knowledge, you know, but, you know, it's easy for you and I. But maybe someone that, you know, if I asked, I don't know, my uncle, I said, oh, like he probably don't even know what flight mode is because he barely goes on planes, you know, so. You know, I guess you can't judge a book by its, you know, just by by the knowledge we have. We can't compare our knowledge and make, you know, make it seem like everyone should know that. Oh no, ab- yeah. absolutely. Um, I I got a lot of my um computer knowledge through help, troubleshooting for my mother. Mm-hmm. And it, it was always stupid things like she couldn't ask access her emails or she'd lost the password. So I had to teach her about password management. Basically, having a notebook and writing them all down. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're doing a lot of that just just for my mother alone and my father as well. Actually, um, I learned a lot. So yeah, um, I think I should still take the A plus only because um, I'm applying for a lot of sort of junior level, even help desk stuff, uh, trainee testers, and I'm not getting the jobs because I don't have any of the qualifications. Even though you know I've I'm quite well disciplined. I'm good at getting work done when it needs to be done. But on paper, it's like. No, man, we can't take a gamble on you here. So yeah, so it's important to have them pieces of paper, especially if you want to be employed. Exactly, exactly, and especially today, right? Like, and uh, especially if you're new to the field, and these days, like when I did it, I did it more to learn, not because I need, because I already had the job, right? Like I got the job because my uncle's friend, and. So when I was in there, he was the one that recommended do this A plus network plus security plus Linux plus. That's what the four ones I, I I tackled, and then I did MCSE and then all the other Microsoft ones I did. But you know now it's like, and, and we can talk about certifications because I have quite a few certifications, and um, I have friends, I have quite a few buddies that have zero certifications, but they can hack the shit out of me they can hack hack around me like no other tomorrow and they, they don't believe in search they say it's a waste of money the companies just want to rob you you know what i mean like why do you need a piece of paper to prove you know i have one friend that hacked two of the i'm not going to convey that but they took down two of the two big uh training like two big people that that offer these certifications um, and they were able to do some damage to them just because I, I, I don't know their motive. I, that I, I never really asked them, but I remember when they sent me a screenshot of these two people 
And I'm like, why'd you do that? And he goes, because it's a, they're just trying to rob you. They're just trying to like take your money and they think because you need these acronyms behind your name in order to do this. And I don't have jack shit. You know, I don't have, I don't, this one don't even have a high school diploma. Right. And he's very, very good. You know what I mean? The kid is phenomenal. Well, I think I think what you're saying there, I think that's two sides of the coin, really, and all depends mm-hmm. on people's learning styles. Like, like I I can understand the whole point of you know, yeah, you don't need certifications to really you know learn the stuff because it's it's all out there on the internet. But then at mm-hmm. the end of the day, it's for some people they need that you know goal in mind to to actually complete these things. Some people need that piece of paper to say, look, I did it. You know, it's a it's a something at the end of the at the end of the um, race, if you will. If you're just learning mm-hmm. and learning, you don't really get any sort of like validation. And I think for some exactly. people, that validation is important. Exactly, and I'm on that boat with you, right? Like that's why I got my certifications. That's why I got my degree. And that's you know, it's like okay, you're learning all about law, and you never take your bar exam. I don't know if how if that's how it is in, in England as well, but like. Here in the States, you have to take a bar exam for your state to practice law in that in that state. Um, so it's like, okay, you went all through law school or whatever, and it's like, okay, you have your degree, but you can't even practice law because you haven't taken your bar. Or in med school and you haven't taken your boards or whatever. So it's like, it's always good to have that validation of whatever you're studying. And that's the reason why I got certifications, you know, because... If I'm going to study VMware, or if I'm going to study SonicWall, if I was going to study Cisco, whatever technology I was studying at that time, I want to be validated or reinforced. I want to reinforce the concepts and get certified, not for my job, not for the next person. It's for me, right? It's like validates that, okay, I learned VMware. I learned how to set up ESXi. I learned how to do all this stuff within VMware to accomplish my VCP, which is VMware Certified Professional. So, yeah, I think I think certifications are, are critical, um, especially if, you know, it validates that and it helps, you know, give you that gateway into an interview or whatnot. Well, do you know what, man? I Even when I went onto your profile and you see they're all there, we'll share your socials on the, on the podcast website when we when we mm-hmm. post this but if you go out and check pat's list of credentials it's huge man it's impressive i I've, I've got a little intro for you that i've written um you know i talk about some of them but i also mentioned there's too many to just start ringing them off mm-hmm. how many in total do you think do i ha- how many certifications do i have yeah not just companies uh, like actual individuals roughly 50 to 100 maybe probably i i've taken oh i've taken over 100 exams wow um in my career so far so sometimes i lose count because i've taken so i have like hp ones i have dell ones i have other ones i don't really post you know because it's like okay you're learning about netapp you know which is a sand device so it's like when i was learning that they have a little certification i have from crowdstrike from you know, from Qualys and like little, little rinky dink, not rinky dink, but like little companies like that. It's not, you know, you get your, you do some training on their platform or the, on their product and they give you a little, 
you know, certification or whatever, if you passed one of the exams, but the big ones, you know, from Cisco, OSCP, CEH, CHFI, LPT, uh, CISSP, SSCP, uh, I don't remember what else, uh, OSWP, I'd say that's from what the wireless MOSFET. Um, I think that's all like the security ones, if I, if I remember correctly, but then obviously Cisco, CCNA, couple CCNAs, couple CCMPs, CCDA, CCDP. Um, oh man, I, I don't every, remember. Every, every letter of the alphabet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have a lot. I, I've I, taken a lot of exams. Uh, Pat, we'll move on from that because um, for people who don't know, um, you have quite a successful YouTube channel where you, you post pretty much daily about you know, tips and tricks and how to install things and cybersecurity and you know red teaming and Active Directory, etc. And um, with it having over 1 million views, I was wondering, um, what inspired you to start the channel and how do you choose the topics you cover? Oh, love it. Love it. Cheers. So to answer the first part of the question, there was a few friends during the pandemic. We were studying remotely because no one can touch each other. Right. Remember that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So we were studying for one friend was like, dude, I need to get this Palo Alto certification. And I never took any Palo Alto certifications. Right. So <laughs> I knew about Palo Alto and it's a firewall. People don't know. And, um, so my friend was like, okay, let's all study, study for the PCNSE, which is Palo Alto Certified Security Engineer, whatever it is, all these acronyms. And I was like, all right, every time, like, for example, Kenny would do one, Mai would do one, Mike would do, you know, one part. Like, say, for example, the topic is site-to-site -site VPNs, for an example, or static routes or dynamic routes or whatever. Now we're going to say, hey, Frankie, today – you're going to go over site-to-site -site VPNs. So, and if you don't, you, you know, like the way I learn is by doing, right? So what I had to do is, you know, and then my mind is static routes. So I'm like, hey guys, you know, and I literally would make a video on like, I didn't know what I was doing. I would just use OBS and hit record and I would just throw it on Google Drive and share it with my friends. So... I would like, yo, guys, like today we're going to be talking about fucking whatever, static routes. So I have this firewall and this firewall and, and this is my client. And, and I would just, you know, create the static route and then I would just test it and then I would send it to the group so they can learn about that topic and, and, and vice versa. So that's why my first video is how to install Palo Alto and VMware. So I think that, that I think that was my very first video I ever posted on YouTube. And I, you know, I thank those guys every day because they, they're ones like, yo, like, why don't you just throw this stuff on YouTube? I didn't know how to use YouTube. And fun fact, I never even watched a YouTube video before I ended up uploading. I never used YouTube in my life. You know, I never. That, no, that was not my thing. No way. You just only create yep. and not consume. Yeah, so I never watched YouTube videos before I, I started posting because I didn't really use YouTube. I never, I never. One fun fact, I'm not really your typical nerd. You know what I mean? Like, I don't do nerdy things, if that makes sense. Like, I don't watch 
things that nerds watch. I don't do that what nerds do. Um, that's just me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't play on my computer if I'm not working on it. You know what I mean? I don't do stuff, you know, I like to go outside. I like to fight. I like to do other things like manly things, I guess you can say. Um, I don't like to do nerdy shit. But yeah, if, if, people, if people take a look at you on your profile or on your YouTube, you can see that clearly. And um, I'm exactly the same as you, Pat. Maybe you're a bit more athletic than me, maybe. But I'm the same. I like to fight. I like to go to the gym. I like to exactly. go outside. I like to jump in rivers. I like to light fires. I like to cook exactly. barbecues. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. So exactly, yeah. And if you watch my YouTube, you know, even if you watch other interviews, I make it very clear. Like I never played a video game and whatever. All right. So that's the first question, right? That's how I ended up inspiring to make YouTube videos. So I'm like, okay, like, cause I always love to help people, even not even in IT. Like if someone wants to learn how to skate, or you want to learn how to do a tray flip or kick flip and Ollie, whatever, let's go to the skate park and I'll show you how to skate or how to play hockey, how to, whatever it was growing up. I always loved to help people. Um, so this was just another you know, another outlet of helping people that, you know, get into IT or help people learn how to do a topic or whatever. So the second part of your question, um, how do I find or, or, or what inspires me or whatever? What, what like, topics, how do I come up with the data? What, what topics do you choose to cover? How do you come up with the topics? Yeah. Yeah. So I think now... You know, now is a little different than it was two years ago. Two years ago, it was like, okay, like I was doing a lot of real hacking stuff, right? Because I remember I didn't know YouTube. I didn't even know how to use YouTube and I never watched YouTube videos. So I was showing, okay, like you want to learn how to hack Wi-Fi. You know, this is what you do. You get your alpha, you intercept the traffic. You can use Wi-Fi for automation. I always did it towards my own network. I never hacked my neighbors and displaying everything you know, on anyone else's network. I always kept it, you know, educational and I always kept it on my own stuff. So I got two strikes in a matter of like four months because I didn't really understand how YouTube worked. So I was like, this is stupid. You know what I mean? Like this is, you know, we're in America. You know what I mean? <laughs> it should be a freedom of speech. Like We should be able to do what the fuck we want. So why, you know, why did you get the strikes? Is it because it was based around hacking? Hacking, exactly. Yep. Yep. So, and then I would, I would argue, not argue, like virtually argue, there's kids beating up their mother. There's kids like doing this crazy, blowing up fucking cars. But they're allowed to do that, but I can't show an education video on how to do a Wi-Fi pen test. You know? So... It, it, it like demotivated me to be honest. I'm like, this is, this is stupid. Like I can't even enjoy, I can't even showcase what I enjoy. So then I had to make some changes in my content. I'm like, okay, I know networking. I know VMware. I know windows. I know all that other stuff. So what I can do is take a break. That's why there's a lot of different kinds of topics. And so I, I broke away from cyber for probably almost eight months, you know, or something like that. There was six months or something like that. that I didn't really do anything on cyber. Um, it was all about Cisco, VMware, um, Microsoft. That's when I did the Windows Server 20, 2019, 2019 playlist um, and all that fun stuff. And then I had to like ask around 
and, and this is how I ended up learning how to, or what I decided to really do, because I asked around, because I'm like, this is when I started watching YouTube. Okay, I watched Hackersploit. Uh, Hackersploit or X, I think it's Hackersploit, or, you know, Z Security, or like John Hammett, not really John Hammett back then, because he was, he was more like coding, but like other folks that were doing, like showcasing hacking, real hacking, not like, you know, like John, I love John. He's, he's amazing, but he's, he does more like now he's getting into a little different. But when I, when I started three years ago, he was more programming Python and stuff like that. Um, like the cyber mentor, you know, st like I would watch his videos. I'm like, okay, how does he get to put the stuff on online? And he's showcasing the same exact thing, maybe in, in different formats, but it's the same concept, right? So I didn't know it's because I had like 2,000 subscribers back then and I just was a small, I'm still small, I'm not, I'm nobody. But I was smaller back then and no one really knew who I was. So I was like, maybe that's the reason why I got strikes, I don't know. Cause I would literally like tell YouTube, I'm like, hey man, like how are these other people, if you can give me the, the trick, I'll, I'll do it. Like I put disclaimer, I, I put a disclaimer. I always say for, the, for educational purposes, I always do all that. So, and I still got strikes. So, um, yeah. And then, and then I just started putting, putting out windows server and Cisco videos and I took a break from cyber and that's pretty much how I did it back then. Now I get more recommendations. I would ask in my discord or my Instagram or whatever, Hey man, like, what would you like to see? Like, what is stuff that you would enjoy? You know, like people say, oh, like, like this kind of stuff, like interviews and, and show like how you got into IT. How did you, how was your journey? And that's when I started getting into more of the interviews with folks on the internet, like how they got into it just to, you know, um, this, you know, help others get into the field. Because like you said, like we said, earlier, like we all have different journeys, right? My journey is not going to be the same as yours. And likewise for the next bloke, you know what I mean? So yeah, that's pretty much how I come up with content. Now I just ask, ask people like, what do they want to see? Do you know what? You're the second person now and I've only interviewed three people and you're the, you're the second person to say that now I said, how'd you come up with your ideas? And they say, I just ask people what they want to see. It doesn't hurt to just ask people what, even if you're new, even if you're a newcomer to this and you don't know what you should be doing next, you can just say, ask, look, what do you think I should do as a new guy? If I want to get into penetration testing, I, I know nothing. Where should I start? And I wish I did that because it might have saved me a lot of time, you know, going through um, try hack me. Maybe I could have started looking towards more to my CompTA. Maybe I would have got guided down that road instead. So I think asking the community whether you're whether you're a professional or a beginner, ask the community what they what what do they think you should do, and you'll usually get the right answer. I think. Yeah, you know, and don't don't only go to one resource, right? Definitely, like, ask around because, like I said, we all have different avenues and different walks of life. So what may work for me may not work for you. But at least if you have a few perspectives, um, I think that'll be definitely um, 
are golden for you? Well, this what we've just been talking about actually leads me on to my next question for you. And it's, um, what advice would you give to students who are just starting out their journey in the field, particularly in the area of cybersecurity? Yeah, so if you're starting out in cyber, if you, if you come from an IT background, you probably have a home lab. If you don't, build a home lab. You know, I always say that because, yes, there's hack the box, there's try hack news, there's all that stuff, but that's built on something that's not yours. So what is that selling? What is that? What does that mean? Right. So for me, going back to like the Cisco world, right, you can use packet tracing, you can use GNS3, you can use all these things, but you're not physically connecting a switch or a router. You're not going to hear click when you install that thing because it's all virtual. So I always feel like there's a gap, right? And that, because if I say, hey, Frankie, go into that MDF and check the uplink to go to the router, and you never actually physically touch that, but you have a CCNA and whatever, because you did all this virtually, because you drag and drop the router and you can go to a terminal and do config T and you know configure routers and switches, but there's that disconnect. So into the cyber world, I feel the same way, right? Like have a home lab. Yeah, you can use it all virtual. You can use it on your desktop. Uh, obviously that's different than networking, but you still have to set up a network. You still have to segment, you know, if you're uploading malware using even Mimikatz, if you're using any of these, you know, Power, PowerView and whatever these tools are, you load that on your local Windows machine. You know, if you're using any endpoint protection, you're going to get lit up like a Christmas tree. Right. So you want to put this in what's called an air gap, you know, environment. So it's like it's just segmented from your production. So doing all this, what does this help you with? This helps you with networking, like TCP IP networking. It helps you set up operating systems, helps you understand how data is traversing so you can test your connectivity. And then on top of that, now you can install your Kali Linux and all that stuff. And now you can start attacking what you built because you engineered what you just built. You see what I mean? So I think doing that, then you can go on to like, so now if you go on to try hack me and you're like, okay, I use OpenVPN, I connect to this. Now, when you see an active direct, when you do an NMAP scan, you're like, oh, 389, you know, LDAP, and this is running DNS port 53. You did all this already, right? You disconfigured this, whatever, whatever it was. And now you can understand that even better if you're going out there and starting this on this platforms or even when you start getting to real engagements, right? Because now every engagement is different, but the methodology is the same. So if you're just starting out and then obviously if you want to get on more on the blue team side, you there's so many free. I have some free resources on my channel about SOC uh, installing uh, OSCM. Uh, so you know, understanding a SIM tool and uh, ingesting those logs from your windows or if you're whatever machines that you have in your environment. Um, yeah. And I think that now give you a little bit of purple, uh, excuse me, a little bit of blue, a little bit of red and, you know, equals a little bit of purple. So you can try to help your, help your, help yourself in three different areas without you even thinking about it. Right. You probably don't even realize that. People don't realize it. Like when you're setting up a lab, you're doing a mix of everything. You're building a red teaming lab, but in the mix of that, you're learning networking, you're learning how to set up a system, 
And then you get to attack what you just built. So that's fucking cool. You know what I mean? You can't really beat that. So that's, that's my recommendation always. And I think I would always do that. No, absolutely. Pat. I am. Um, when I, after I'd finished with try hack me, I started doing, um, was it the ethical, practical, ethical hackers with TCM security. And mm-hmm. um, that was when I first learned about using labs and I'd never, I'd never even heard of the concept before. I had to buy a new computer and everything just so I could run things. And um, an mm-hmm. active, active directory lab I built and I was like, this is the right way to go about this, you know, because I had to build all the machines from scratch, I had to make sure they were all connected to the, to the domain server. And then when there was a problem, if I, when I was trying to hack it, even if I couldn't hack it, I could be like, I could go into the machines and be like, right, why isn't this work? And I'm like, ah, because this is set up. And instead of just being like trying to press, you know, Metasploit goes, duh, you know, and it doesn't work. I, it gave mm-hmm. me the opportunity because I'd made everything. I'd already invested a lot of time in building this thing. I wasn't just going to let my brain give up on it. And I, and I always mm. seem to find the problems pretty successfully. So, yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. Anyone who wants to really get good at this sort of stuff, start building labs, start building your own networks and your own systems to attack. And then you're going to, that's, I think that's the next level from, you know, when you start learning, that's the, the the next progression, I think, is the labs for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I would always, I would always say that that's something that if I'm a hundred years old, I'll say, Hey, make sure you have your little lab set up because <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if it's three machines or if it's a hundred machines, the attack is the same. And that's what I used to hate. And whoever's listening to this, maybe you're a sysadmin. And I remember I used to go on interviews early in the days, like when I was getting in from help desk to like, I wanted to become a sysadmin and like, Oh, how many users have you managed? Oh, maybe 200, 300. Oh, this is 10,000 users. Okay. Like if it's 10,000 users or if it's 10 users, maybe not 10 because you won't have an active director, probably 20 users, um, 20 users or more, or if it's 10,000 users, the concept of AD is the same. I'm not going to, you know, if I put Frankie in an OU that's in IT and IT is all the way buried, all they do is query Frankie, right? And I I can find Frankie. I'm not going to look through 10,000 users, right? So that used to drive me bonkers, you know? So don't let that stop you because like, especially recruiters that don't know that they're looking looking at a job rack and say, oh, managing 5,000 users or more recommended or required or whatever. It doesn't matter. You can fucking monitor 10,000 users or 20 users. Ma- managing them is the same, you know? And, um, and same thing with the hacking. You know what I mean? Like when you're trying to hack an AD environment, you're not going to hack a, a 10,000 users. You know, you're gonna, excuse me, you're going to go out and do your recon and your OSIN or whatever you want to do to find out if Frankie's the CEO of Frankie.com. Okay, what is, you know, maybe it's Frankie at Frankie.com is his email. Then I can go, you know, then I'm going to start spear fishing Frankie. You know, I'm not, I don't care about Sally and Bob and fucking Catherine or whatever, whoever else, the other 10, you know, 9,999 people. I just care about the one person, you know? So take this information and, and run with it. Like, don't be scared just because of, of a job wreck. But they say, you know, you need, you know, you need to know 
10 things still apply. You know, don't don't let anything scare you away or anything like that. Like I'm, I'm really I'm really glad you said that, Pat, because like I've always thought that like my Active Directory lab was three machines, and I, I and I thought, what if I come up to like 500 machines or something? How am I gonna? Surely that this isn't going to help me in that situation. But to hear you say that it's all pretty much works the same, regardless of how many machines are on the Active Directory, then that's good to know. I think that's good to know for everyone listening as well, because, you know, I always like to think if something's causing me a problem, I'm sure there's other people out there who might think it's a problem too. Exactly, exactly. Like your three machines, you're still applying group policies. You're still logging into a domain. You're still authenticating. You're still having a token. You're still having Kobros. You're still having all this stuff that's happening on that domain. You know, maybe all your FISMOs or all your 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 GC, your global catalog is sitting on just one domain controller. Maybe you don't have six or seven domain controllers. But the moral of the story, once you learn how to compromise a domain controller or whatever, you know, you're still going to, if it's 10 domain controllers, it's still replicating, right? It's doing DC sync. It's synchronizing or AD rep or whatever. It's replicating these between all multiple domain controllers. Um, and like once you learn all the commands and one, once you learn all these little, you know, ins and outs of system administration, because even though you're hacking, you're using sysadmin type. You know, these aren't hacking commands when you're doing net dom queries and doing all these things these are sysadmin stuff like people don't realize like when you say oh net user looking for or net net group or whatever these are all like i knew all these commands when i'm a sysadmin like okay let me see net share okay like these are the shares that reside on this file server okay let me make sure you know frankie's folder shared out for him or whatever like and because I would get questions like, oh, that hacking command on Windows don't work. It's not a hacking command. It's a Windows command that hackers just use to leverage in order to get the information that they need in order to compromise or gather any information. That's all it is. Yeah, most things in especially Active Directory, they're all just configurations, aren't they? They're mostly actually features. They're supposed to like exactly. help productivity, but then, like you said, we can leverage them to gain the hashes if if that's the case, or gain the usernames, or find out who the admins are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, to exactly. change, change the topic up a bit, Pax, um, you know, we don't have a lot of time. Um, yep, go for it. One thing that's super important to me, and I, I, I always try and drive this home to people new, and it's um, networking with people because it's like getting to speak to people like yourself and all my other friends and my mentor in the community. Without having these people to speak to, I don't think I'd be able to get very far. So I'd, I, I want you to explain to people how you think it, what the importance is of networking in this community, and, and do you have any tips on how to build that? for students on how to build their professional networks effectively? Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to make this quick. Um, and and I'll, I'll just like to share a little bit about Pat, right? Um, I may have shared some of this stuff out there, but maybe not. But I've never been the person to network. Um, before I started my YouTube channel, I was anonymous. 
I didn't like people knowing who I was. I don't want to know anyone. I just want to stay in my lane and do my own thing. I don't care about you, and I don't give a shit if you care about me. That was my that was my thing, right? Um, so when networking, because remember, I didn't really network with anyone. I just, you know, I just did my own thing, and I worked, and I just, like we were talking about in the beginning of the call, like I, I don't do nerdy stuff. So um, I don't I don't need to net, network with other kind of people outside of the internet. I like the real world, not the fucking internet. So getting to three years ago, right, three years ago when I started my YouTube channel, obviously now I didn't so much do it to network, right, because I think people put on this. It's important to network because you have an end goal. Normally, your end goal is to get a job, right? Normally, right? So I never had that problem of not having a job. So I didn't care about networking, to be fair, right? Because um, <laughs> I have my crew, I have my people I need, and that's all I cared about, right? And that's the God honest truth. Um, so the importance of networking now, obviously, is super critical if you're trying to spread knowledge, spread some kind of informative information, right? So if you're trying to network, and the reason why I'm saying all this, because I have people that write me on LinkedIn, write me on Instagram. Hey, what's up? I don't fucking know you. What do you mean? Don't, don't say, hey, what's up? Like, what's up? The fucking sky is up, you know? So <laughs> sorry, man. I couldn't help but laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's funny because don't talk to me like you're my fucking you're my you're my boy. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. say hey, yo, what's up? Like you don't even know me. So that's what like I don't like. Like if you're trying to network with folks to try to have an objective, say say if your objective like you, right? You we networked, we got some informative information back and forth on LinkedIn, and you reached out. You know, for other reasons, I think I reached out to you actually about something off topic. And I was just curious about that. So it's not like I'm like, yo, Frankie, hey, what's up, man? Like, that, that's stupid. Like, I, there's, I, I asked you a question about something, and that's how the conversation went. Yeah, but we, so, had, a bit, we had a bit of back and forth from, you know, you posting videos, and I've said, yeah, exactly. Nice one, Pat, you know, and exactly, exactly. So for the newcomers, for the new people in, in on the block, if you're trying to network just to have followers on your pages, fuck off. I'm going to say it like that's the God honest truth. Like have genuine connections and have genuine like things that you want to convey. At least for me, like if you're going to reach out to me, come with me with some substance, right? Like, have some understanding of what you're trying to get to and how I can help you get there. But if you say, hey, uh, I need help me pass the OSCP. How am I going to help you pass the OSCP? I can't take the exam for you, right? Like, how am I going to help you? But instead, address it like, hey, what resources did you use? Can you help me with some resources? That's a different kind of way to approach, right? So have an objective when you reach out to folks and you know, write in, like if you're writing it on LinkedIn or whatever kind of platform, when you're networking, 
have a reason why you're networking, not just networking because you want to have another follow or another connection or whatever. Because I'd rather have 10 subscribers on my YouTube that watch my videos and enjoy my stuff than 50 million that that just has a number and it doesn't really matter. You know, that's just me because I don't need I don't need the money from those, you know, those revenues. I'm just doing it just to help and network and help connect people to knowledge. So, yeah, and hopefully that's informative. For, for me, the only the only thing I could think to do for myself and for everyone else was to just document everything I everything I learned. Everything I learned, I wrote down on my notes on the computer. I took screenshots mm-hmm. of everything. And then eventually I started thinking, hang on, I, I can use this and I'll share it with people. And that's how my sort of networking journey began originally. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and then I start to meet people like you and the, the, the people who interest, like I love to help people if, if I can. I think people get a misconception about me that I've, I'm some sort of genius who's been doing it for 10 years. One guy actually said, because uh, he, he kept asking me for help, asking me for help, and I said, okay, I'll get you on a video call. I said, and we'll, we'll talk about you, what you want to do and how you want to sort of step this out to get to where you're mm-hmm. trying to get to. And he was like, oh, that would be great. Um, because uh, you have so many more years experience than me and I was like I said I think you have me mistaken I said I've only been doing this for eight months and then he never spoke to me yeah. again <laughs> yeah and, and and that's another thing like about the jobs and I I, I, I want to take this off of cybersecurity off of IT I yeah, have a that's friend, great. right I have a friend that's a, an auto mechanic now he has his own shop now but remember this was in high school and in college when he was going to this technical school, this kid can rebuild a car. Like the kid was a genius with that stuff. I didn't even know how to change my spark plugs. This kid was building engines in like at 16, 17 years old. So he got like in in that world, I think it's called ACE certifications, like ACEs and whatever. So he didn't have any of that until he started going to this technical school. He started working at Toyota so remember, this kid is 17 years old. And then now you have folks in here like the oldies, maybe back then when you're 16, when you're 30, you're fucking old, right? 30, 40 years old. It's like, man, this old man, get out of here. Now I'm almost 40. But, you know, so like this guy, this kid is coming in running circles around these guys that have been doing it for 20 years, right? So why am I saying this, right? Just because this guy left you because you're doing it for eight months, you know, maybe in eight months, like I have people that run circles around me that I've probably been doing this longer. Right. For example, John, I love John. Right. Uh, John's a good John Hammond's awesome. And he's, I think, 11, 12 years younger than me. Right. So think about it. So like 12 years ago, the kid was in junior high school. You know what I mean? So now I have all those years more than him experience, but the kid is a genius, right? He'll run circles around a lot of folks that probably been doing it for 20 years. So my point being is don't, don't like, just because you, you have six months, a year, three years experience, don't think you're any less than someone doing it for 20 years or 15 years because Maybe that 15-year guy is complacent. He's chilling because he has he has his job, he has his family, he's good, and now you're still hungry, right? So 
this is something like the reason I'm just bringing this up because this guy laughed at you and said, bugger off. And now, you know, so never, never judge a book just because of the amount of experience someone has. Same thing with Heath Adams, right? He was an accountant. I think he was like an accountant and he only been doing this for five, I think seven years, I think, if I, if I remember correctly, seven years in, in IT, right? If I, and if Heath, you ever listen to this, if, you, if I'm wrong, you can holler at me. But from what I've gathered when I've watched his videos and watched some of his stuff, I don't think he has more than 10 years experience, right? Because he went to college for, I think he's only 30 years old or something. Um, so he, I don't see him having more than seven years experience, right? So, and look, the guy is, look what he's at now, right? Seven years experience. He has his own firm. He has his own technical stuff. He has his own stuff, right? So, and where someone has like someone else has 20, 30 years experience, you know, they're not in that, in that space, right? So that's just, I, I like to say that because people, have this have this mindset of oh this guy only has six months experience we can't hire him maybe that six months this fucking guy was grinding and he probably knows more than you so that's all i got to say for that well i think um with what you've said there i, th I think the, the main point i took from it is and i i live by this rule anyways you should never compare yourself to other people well, don't don't think you're ahead of people. Don't think you're behind people. Just judge yourself on how good you did yesterday and did you do better today and are you going to do better tomorrow? And I think that's about all you should really do. Like uh, John Hammond, man, I have to agree with you. He's He is a legend. When I first got into this, I, I watched what he was he did and he even put me off a little bit. I thought, I can't do it. I'm never going to be able to do what that guy does. <laughs> I was like, so I'm not going to be able to do this. Mm-hmm. But then you know you gotta sit back and think. No, I'm I'm not John John Hammond. I'm I'm Frankie Thomas. So I need to do what yep. I can do, and then just get mm -hmm. better at that each day. I think you learn that going to like going to the gym and doing stuff that's physically challenging. Like as you know, I'll go and I'll I'll do the bench, and then next day or like next week I'll go and I'm like I can do more bench this time, and I'm not as in much pain as I was the first time I went. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I like to do. I like to compare the gym. And if you go to the gym, a lot of folks in this, uh, in this career, to be honest, don't go to the gym. But like, I used to tell friends like that all the time, like, don't compare yourself to the next bloke, right? Because this guy's benching 300 pounds, but the guy's fucking 300 pounds. You know what I mean? And you're 180 pounds soaking wet. Of course, you're not going to be able to put that up unless you're sticking needles in your butt and trying to be like Hercules, right? So it's it's like stay in your own lane. You're you. Stay in your own lane, and yeah, never compare yourself to anyone. I just like to use these examples because people, like you just mentioned, you know, excuse me, you just said it right. Like, you know, I'm never gonna be like this person. Like, man, like I should just stop now, right? Like, same thing with bowling. I'm 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 a big bowler, right? And I have friends. I've been bowling for. Like I have 36, 300 games, right? Like I bowl, like, and I have friends I've been bowling, you know, I've been bowling probably 21 years now, but same, same amount of time. And they never bowled a 300 game in their life yet. Right. So it doesn't mean I'm better. No, it just means I just got lucky. I just hit the strikes, 12 strikes, 36 times. Right. So 
it just, you know, like, I don't know. It, it's just crazy because a lot of people just put in their head that they have to be like something, someone else, or they have to have what someone else has. It's like, no, just stay in your own lane. When it's your time to shine, you will shine. Now, the problem with that attitude as well is, you know, if, if you keep thinking, I want to be like this guy, okay, let's say you get what you want. Now you like this guy. All of a sudden you realize, hang on, there's another hierarchy of people above me now. And are you just going to spend your whole life chasing other people? Or are you going to just look at yourself and just go, right, this is where I am. Let's get to work. That's all I think. I wake up and I'm like, right, what am I working on? Right, I have to interview Pat today. And then I have to edit this other interview. And I'll have to edit Pat's interview. And that's all I'll do. That's what I'll do for the day. If I don't get it done, it carries on tomorrow. Until Mm -hmm. it's done, basically. I, I have my jobs and I do them. And I don't really... I don't think what everyone else is doing. I don't think, oh no, Pat's just put out a video on Active Directory. Maybe I maybe I should put a video out on Active Directory. <laughs> I think that's a, yeah. it'd be a very foolish way to go for anyone. Just use your own brain, I think is the point. Think about yourself and use your own brain and think what you need to do for your situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that's how you find that's how you find the gold as well. If you're always trying to copy or be the same or better than other people, you'll never be authentic. But if you keep just doing your own thing eventually, because I've done it a few times. I've been working away, working away, and all of a sudden I go, Oh wow, this is great. I've just I'm onto something here. Like mm-hmm. like like the way I designed my last um my last document. The the yeah, the content, yeah, it was a bit of a problem with the content, but the actual design itself, it took me it took me a whole week for, I think, eight hours, but maybe even 12-hour days designing that whole thing because I had to do it page by page, bit by bit, HTML tag by eight markdown tags, all individually. There was no process to just make it all happen. And, mm-hmm. then I, and I, got, I actually got to a point with it where I was like, this is stupid. I'm, this is a stupid idea. Why did I start doing this? It's going to take me so long, and it's, maybe it's not even going to work. And I've learned when I feel that that self doubt, I'm like, no, this is going to be great. So I just I kept going, and it was, it was, it's. I'm going to use it to create more documents. I even created a document mm-hmm. on how to design that document. <laughs> yeah. So it become unique. But um, we'll move on to something else. One, uh, I've got just a few more questions for you, Pat. Go for it. So um. So what role do soft skills such as communication and leadership play in the IT and cybersecurity industry? And how have you developed these skills throughout your career? Yeah, I think communication, especially in this in this space, right? Especially if you want to be a pen tester, I think it's super critical because you have to convey and debrief and talk to clients and stuff like that. Um, I guess going back to what I was saying, like I've never been like a hermit. I've never been like an introvert. So it, it came really, really natural to me, like, cause I always like was very, very open and, 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 and talkative my whole life. So I didn't really have that problem. Like, man, I was in a shell. Now I have to learn how to communicate. No, like I always, I was always a yapper, you know, I always talked a lot. So, um, I think it's super important. I think it's super important, especially like if you're doing help desk, you know, have, you have to communicate with the users uh, and clients or whatever. And, you know, having having the ability to translate a technical problem to a non-technical person. 
that's another skill in itself, right? Because you have these technical people saying, oh, yeah, I just ran, a, a, I don't know, a defrag on your drive because, you know, you, had, you haven't defragmented your drive in a, you know, a million years. So this is why it's slow. And, and the clients or the users are like, what the hell is a defragmentation? I don't even know what you're talking about. But instead of saying like, oh, like you had a lot of files that were, you know, lingering out there. And what we did is compress and, you know, we, we brought all the files together. So when you try to access that data, it's a little quicker, right? That they, okay, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Then, oh, I defragmented. And once you're done defragmentation and it's going to be, your files are going to be good and blah, 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 blah. They don't care about all the technical stuff. They just want to understand what you're doing and how is it going to be better. So, yeah. Yeah, so communication's definitely key. I got into this, I thought, because I've done things like personal training and um, other sort mm -hmm. of where you have to deal with clients. And when I got into personal training, I, th I thought I was just going to be going to the gym, you know, having a good time and getting paid for it, right? And then it was, mm -hmm. like, it was like, no, you actually have to really understand these people. You need to get into their psyche so you can find out what makes them tick. And I was like, oh, wow, my head started spinning. I was like, <laughs> I, I, was like I didn't realize I was going to have to like learn like, advanced psychology to train people in the gym but, yeah. I, but I did it I, I I started doing it I was I was making the videos I had to make and then I had an accident in my hand I, I fell and I cut my whole tore ligaments in my hand so I, I stopped mm. there with that all healed up now thank god but um so then I thought you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this computer stuff because you know I'm not gonna have to talk to people I can just like you said I can just stay in my own lane and then mm -hmm. very quickly I started to realize, no, there's no, there's no walk of life. There's no walk of life where you get to sit in your own lane and you can't talk to anyone. If you want to be successful, you have to get out there and talk to people or you're going to be alone and, and you can't become successful alone. Yep. So, so Pat, exactly. look, Pat, I don't want to keep you any longer because I know you're a busy man, but I got one more question for you. This is the, this is the Go big one I like to ask everyone. So what legacy would you like to leave behind in the IT and cybersecurity industry? And how do you plan on achieving this vision throughout the rest of your career? Oh, man, that's a that's a good one. I never even thought about that. What legacy? I think just being able to be known as someone that, like, was helpful, right? And being able to help as many people as I can. You know, at this point in my career, if it's at work or if it's on my YouTube channel, if it's on my Discord, if it's on like with you, just folks that I can just talk to and network with now. Like obviously, I, I like we talked about before, before three years ago, I was a, I was a different kind of person. I was not a different person. I was always the same person, but I was more private. You know, I was more private with my life. I'm still very private. People don't know much about me except what I put on the Internet. But um, like I don't I don't put all like, you know, I don't flash what I have or I don't do all that stuff. I just like, OK, I'm a simple guy that, you know, I, I record in a 10 by 10 room with a with webcam and just shoot the stuff. Right. So. I guess the, the point what I'm saying is hopefully I get remembered as someone being humble. Um, I will not I'm not the kind of person that likes to brag about anything. I don't really even like to talk about like my certificate or like my successes in the sense of, so I don't like to sound like, like we were talking about better than anyone um, because I'm not, I'm not better than anyone just because I have, for an example, I have a wallet and you have 
you know, a rubber band that holds your, your card and your license and your money, right? Like it doesn't matter what people, because when we die, we can't bring everything. And everything that we have materialistically is borrowed, right? We came in this world with nothing. We fucking die with nothing. So yeah, man, that's what pretty much I just want to be known as like just someone that was able to give back and help as many people as I can. Well, that's a noble thing, Pat. And I think for all, I'll say the same thing. All I want to be, yeah, all I want to do is help people. It's all you can do. I, and I personally, like tomorrow, I'm, I'm helping a personal trainer. He's um, he's a scaffolder and he wants out of scaffolding, but he doesn't know how to go about being a personal trainer because he can be. He's been going to the gym for his whole life. So I don't see why he can't. He's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to help him tomorrow. I'm going to go to the gym with him. He's going to train me for free and I'm going to, I'm going to help him start marketing himself online just, just cause I think he, he deserves the help, you know? And, exactly. So. Exactly. And look, the perfect example. And that ties into what you said before. The guy's probably swollen as shit and he can probably out bench you and out arm you and out everything you, but you have this success. You have maybe the uh, personal training certification and blah, 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 and you've been doing it. And this guy probably can run circles around you, right? In the sense of strength and understanding the anatomy. And maybe not. I'm just, I'm just shooting. No, shit that's, right no, now. that's very true. When I, I didn't even get the certificate. But yeah, no, he's, yeah. He, he knows more than me. When I was actually doing it, because we were working together, I was asking him questions about it. He was more like mentoring me, even though he's never mm-hmm. even took the exam. Exactly. So the point being is like, just just because he's so now he needs you in the sense of like and he's the jacked man and you're the person that's probably not as swole as him and now you're going to be able to help him meaning maybe i have this certification i have xyz experience but i may have to ask you know a noob something and i and i have like i'm not a web application guy right no no shit and i'm lucky i can use burp suite Right. And this is the God honest truth. Right. So and I have, you know, someone that's that I've been doing this a lot longer than. But he focuses on web app stuff. He burps sweet fuzzing and all the bug bounties and all. And he's been doing it for probably around a year. And like last night, like because I was doing the red, the red team uh, capstone thing. After I got done, I late night, I was like, hey, man, like if this thing has any web app stuff, I'm screwed, you know. And he was like, oh, no, dude, like do this, this, that, whatever. Like try to look for this on a website. When you look at that, look for this. And he only been doing it for eight months, nine months or something like that. Maybe a year at most. So and he's teaching me something that I've been in this field for a lot longer than him. And he don't even work in the field. He's just he just does it for fun. You know, he's a plumber, actually. So, yeah, he just and he doesn't want to do this for, for a living. He just likes to do it for fun. He's a little strange because he's like, if I have to get paid for something, then I won't have joy with it. Then I have to do it. I'd rather just want to do it than I have to do it. But I'm like, dude, you do you, boo-boo. You know what I mean? You do you, man. Whatever floats your boat. But he loves plumbing. He loves welding. He loves doing pipes and shit like that. And at night, he likes to hack, you know? So, but yeah. So the moral of the whole story is, you never know who can help you and who can, you know, who you can help and whatnot. So, oh no, especially, 
especially in this industry if you think if you think you can go alone and know everything like yourself like i'm I don't know web application that well. I, I also have a guy who's really good with web application and burp suite and stuff like that. And um, he, he actually found a really big bug bounty on a private one he'd just been invited to. He found like 500 emails in like a couple of hours. He found like the whole website's database of emails, basically. Nice. So this, so this guy knows what he's doing. And if yeah, if I get stuck with a web app, I'm like, can you help me with this? And usually he can't. He's usually like, what are you trying to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I just... I'm just bashing away at it, you know, and he's like, he's like, you need to think more. He's, he's like, you can't just ask me, you can't just send me a screenshot of a website and ask me what this is. Yeah. And, and that's the way I feel with that world, right? Like that's not my, my forte. I can, I can dabble in it. You know, I can view the source code. I can run like GoBuster and Durbuster and fuzzing and see if we can find any hidden directories and look at the robots. That, I know the basics. Right. But when it comes into I, I'm, I'm not finding no 500 emails unless I find a domain and I can see on a leaked database, you know, on, on a breach site, what that database is, um, you know, that I can do. You know, I can go do my OSINT, but I can't figure out, OK, like it's, it has a SQL backend and I have to do a SQL injection and then I can go to a SQL SQL map and then look at the tables and fi- like I can I do it? Probably. But. I'm not going to, I can talk about it more than I can actually perform it, to be honest. Like I know a lot. I know a lot of the concepts, but actually when I'm actually on the site and I'm like, shit, like how do I know SQL's running? Yeah, we can run Wappanizer and see if there's SQL running and what like, okay, what CMS is running on it. And if it's, you know, uh, uh, WordPress or October or Joomla, whatever stuff that's running on this app. Like, I guess maybe I know more than I, than I think, but I suck at web app. More of the story, I suck at it. No, um, I, I feel you. I have, I have people ask me quite like I work with a guy who builds websites and yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm okay at pen testing them. I'm okay at finding things. I'm like, look, I found this. I think this might be a problem. But if he's asked me, okay, showcase to me how this is a problem. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I'm not too sure how to do that. I just, I just know that this is a problem. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Pat, thank you so much for coming on. It's been amazing having you on and for you to share your insights and experiences with my listeners. This has been an eye-opening experience, and I'm honored to have the privilege to be part of it. Do you have any last words? Frankie, I just thank you so much, and hopefully the listeners from this takes a lot of out of it and if you have any questions you know you can go find me at infosec pat pretty much on everything instagram twitter linkedin uh youtube pretty much the whole shebang um if there's any questions that you have for me and i can help you out don't hesitate to reach out that's great pat and thank you um we'll be sharing all your socials on on my linkedin when i post this podcast and we'll also be adding you to the itsp magazine network as well so everyone will be able to find you no problem and i suggest you go out and check out his stuff guys because he's an amazing guy and he does an amazing work thanks for joining me today pat it's been an absolute pleasure likewise frank thank you so much have a beautiful day yeah you too man enjoy the rest of your weekend likewise all right take care Pat Gorman, ladies and gentlemen, this has been a truly enlightened conversation and I hope you found it as insightful as I have. This marks the end of another episode of Hacking Your Potential. 
If you found value from our discussion today, don't forget to like, subscribe, and please feel free to share this episode with others in the community who might also find it useful. We are all here to learn, grow, and support each other in this journey. If you have any questions or want to engage in further discussion, feel free to reach out to me via LinkedIn. My virtual door is always open. I'm your host, Frankie Thomas, and this has been Hacking Your Potential. Stay strong, stay hungry, and remember, every interaction is a chance to learn and grow. Until next time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hacking Your Potential podcast with Frankie Thomas part of the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network. If you learned something new and this conversation made you think, then add this show to your favorite podcast player, subscribe to the ITSP Magazine YouTube channel, and share the ITSP Magazine Podcast Network with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to connect your brand to our conversations and our audience, visit ITSPMagazine.com to learn how to sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey.